Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Eve. I was corrected earlier. It's not New Year's yet. It's New Year's Eve. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. If you've got a Bible, open it up. We're actually going to be in a bunch of texts this morning, but I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to be able to see it for yourself that this is what God has to say. So open a Bible if you've got it. Try to follow along if you can, and I'll pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We would be wrong to say, to request, that you only speak a new word when we sing the song we just sang. You have spoken. You've spoken most clearly in the person of your son. You spoke in many times and in many ways through the prophets. But in these last days, you have spoken through your son. And the word is decisive. You show us clearly who you are, full of grace and truth. I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear that word. And, God, we thank you for the written word through which we can see your son and be changed into his image. Would you make that happen this morning? And as we think, Lord, would you change us? And would we be hungry for your word this coming year? It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. At the beginning of each year, we take a break from our normal sermon series. We've been in the Gospel of John. We're taking a break. We're going to talk about the Word this week and prayer next week. At the start of each new year after Christmas, we want to talk about two disciplines for your life that we feel like are crucial if you're going to grow in maturity and become more like Jesus. I'm going to read a few verses from the New Testament. You can try to flip, but I'm going to do it pretty quick. So if you can't make it, that's okay. Just listen. And what I want you to notice is what these verses say about your thinking. The impact that your mind and your thinking has on your Christian life, your experience of Jesus. So Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 8, verses 5 through 7, those who live according to the flesh, listen to what they do, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Philippians 3, 18 through 19. Many of whom I've often told you, And now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. 
you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Colossians 3, 2 through 4. You seeing a pattern? Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who's your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Ephesians 4, 23 through 24. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's the first thing I want you to notice. One of the great differences between believers and unbelievers is what we set our minds on. You heard this. Listen again to Romans 8, 5 through 7. Those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So it's almost like he's saying you can take your mind and you can place it somewhere. You can set it. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Now, in that passage, Paul's not describing how you become a Christian. we got to be clear about that. He's not saying, listen, if you think about God's stuff, you'll be a Christian. If you don't think about God's stuff, you won't become a Christian. That's not what he's saying. It's like saying if you jump in water, you're going to become a fish. That's not the way it works, does it? Fish live in water, that's right, but they don't become fish because they get in the water, and you don't become a Christian simply because you have a thought about God. This is really important, guys. The way that you become a Christian is that you trust in Jesus' death in your place and Him being raised from the dead in your place. That's how you become a Christian. Jesus Christ went to the cross on purpose. He planned to go there. He lived a perfectly righteous life. Do you know why? Because you couldn't. You couldn't. No one can. No no one ever has. But he did. And he went to the cross after living a perfectly righteous life, and he was nailed there. And you know whose sins he was being punished for? Not his own, but yours and mine. That's what's happening. And when you trust in Jesus, yes, he was crucified as a punishment for the sins I've done. And his righteous life counts in my place. Yes, God, I want that. That's how you become a Christian. And it's crucial that you understand that's how you become a Christian. But once you trust in Jesus, having died for your sins and being your righteousness, raised to life, God does something to you. He puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. The very Spirit of God inside of you to change you. And in Romans 8, Paul is saying, okay, now you're a Christian. You've trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. You've got the Holy Spirit 
you have him, and so you think differently than you used to think. It's an interesting thing to focus on, isn't it? You think differently now. Unbelievers set their minds on the things of the flesh, and that brings death. But you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, and that brings life and peace. So one of the major differences between believers and unbelievers is what do you think about? What fills your mind? What do you spend your time considering? One more text. Philippians 3, 18 through 19. We read this earlier. Paul's talking about enemies of the gospel. That's what he says. Many of whom I've often told you and now tell you with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, their cravings. That's their God, whatever they want. They glory in their shame. And you might think, okay, here comes the pinnacle and they're nasty, nasty people. That's not what he says. He says, with minds set on earthly things. What an interesting way to cap off what it means to be an unbeliever. If I asked you to describe how a fish is different than a camel, you could probably name a lot of things. But what's one of the first things you would say? One lives in water and one lives on land. When Paul's describing what makes a believer different than an unbeliever, he could name a lot of differences. But one of the very first things he says is unbelievers, they're just swimming in the water of this world. They think about whatever the world's thinking about. But that's different than a camel. That's different than a believer. They think about the things of the Spirit. Again, he's not describing how you become a believer or an unbeliever. Got that? Camels don't become fish because they step into the water. And fish don't become camels because they jump out onto the land. He's just describing where, where do they live? Unbelievers live in the world. It's not what they're thinking about. Believers think about the things of the Spirit. Paul considers this one of the great differences between believers and unbelievers, which means a marker, a marker of who is a Christian, a true Christian, and who is not, is what do you think about? Just consider this for yourself. What do you think about? Doctors, they make diagnoses. They diagnose you based on your symptoms. Diagnose yourself right now. What do you think about? What do you fill your mind with every day? What do you like to think about? What do you spend your time considering? Do you think about God? Do you intentionally think about him in the day? Do you intentionally think about his word, about how to love other people in light of the truth in this book? You can diagnose your spiritual health this way. I'm not just saying, am I a Christian or am I not a Christian? But you could be saying, man, I don't think about God very much. And that says something about your spiritual health. It means you're not very spiritually healthy if you're alive. It's not what makes you a believer or an unbeliever, but it might show you whether you are or you are not. Do you set your mind on the things of this world, the flesh, or the things of the Spirit? That's the first thing I want you to notice. The second thing I want you to notice is this. What you think about is essential into you being transformed into the image of Christ. 
What you think about is essential in you being transformed into the image of Christ. Have you ever heard 2 Corinthians 3.18? We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Whoa! He's saying when you behold Jesus, that's when you're transformed to become like him. So beholding the glory of Jesus is how we become like him. It's how we're transformed into his image. Now, in the New Testament, that word transformed shows up four times. It's a verb. One times in 2 Corinthians 3.18. We behold his glory and we're transformed to be like it. I want that. Do you want that? Two of the other times happen when Jesus is transfigured on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. So he's transformed there. The fourth time is the very first verse we read, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the way that you are transformed into the image of Christ is by your mind being renewed. So, so let's put those two verses together, 2 Corinthians 3, 18 and Romans 12, 2 together, you've got to see the glory of Jesus Christ if you're going to become like him. That's how you're going to be transformed. But how do you see the glory of Jesus Christ? He's not talking about your eyeballs looking at Jesus sparkling and shining and lightning rainbow colors everywhere, and then you take on those rainbow colors yourself. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, as you think about Jesus, what he's like. That's how you're transformed into the image of Christ. Thinking about Jesus is essential for you becoming like him. Ephesians 4, 23 through 24, we read this before, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So if you're going to put on the new self, if you're going to be made new, if you're going to become more and more like Jesus, it needs to happen as your mind is renewed. Every moment, you are either becoming more like this world or more like Jesus. Every moment. I don't think that's an overstatement. You're becoming more like Jesus or more like this world. The boat is either rowing closer to the shore or it's drifting away. The bird is either falling or flying, but it's not floating. You are either being conformed to this world or you're being transformed into the image of Christ. And what you fill your mind with every day is essential as to whether you're falling or flying, rowing or drifting being conformed or being transformed into Christ. So what are you filling your mind with? It really is going to be different for every person in this room, but what are you putting into your mind? Think about it. What do you like to think about with most of your time? Where do you spend your free thoughts? And by free thoughts, I mean the things you don't, you're not having to focus on for school or for work. We've got lots more free time than we think we do with our minds. We're always thinking about something. 
And Paul's telling us what you're thinking about is changing you one way or another. You are either becoming conformed to this world, becoming more like the world, or you're becoming like Jesus. And when we put into our minds what God thinks about himself, what he thinks about us, what he thinks about others in this world, that's what will change you. I hope what you want for 2023 is to become more like Jesus. Really, all all our other resolutions, all our other desires don't matter if you don't become more like Jesus. Really, 2023 is a waste if you don't become more like Christ. And the way that's going to happen is by setting your mind on things above. What you put into your mind every day, the things you think about, they have to change because thinking about Jesus is how you're going to become like him. Now, I do want to make one note to distinguish what I'm saying from what a lot of other preachers say when they say, what you think about determines your destiny. You know what I'm talking about. Quit the negative thoughts. Think power thoughts, victory thoughts, healing thoughts. Think big thoughts about your future, and that's the future you're going to get. Your thinking is not going to change your future. That's not in the Bible. It's not. But your thinking will change you, either to become on the inside more like this world or more on the inside like Jesus. And you should want that more than anything. Therefore, this is just the last point, commit this year to filling your mind with God's word. Psalm 1, you guys know this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The reason we do this at the beginning of every year, we talk about the word, is because we're convinced your life will not be changed. It's not going to change in 2023. It's not going to become more like Jesus in 2023. If this word is not circulating in your mind and heart, it's just not going to happen. You will not be transformed in the image of Christ. You're not going to be like a tree planted by streams of living water if this is not running through your head and through your heart. This is how it happens. This is how it happens. I mean, you're more likely to find a mature, healthy adult who doesn't eat food than you are to find a mature Christian who doesn't spend time thinking about this word every day. So put it in your mind and heart in 2023. Commit to putting it in your mind and your heart. Here's some, some suggestions, just a few. Get a plan for reading your Bible. You can find Bible reading plans on the internet. I would suggest that you do it. But you need to work through books of the Bible one at a time or two at a time. What I mean by that is don't just wake up in the morning, roll out of bed, and read whatever you flip open to. These are broken into books. They're supposed to be read as books. So I suggest you do it. Read one to two chapters from the Old Testament, one to two two chapters 
from the New Testament and work your way through books. Kids, if you can read, you can do this. You can do this. An eight-year-old can read the Bible in a year. And your parents will help you if you ask them. If you read four chapters of the Bible a day, you're going to make it all the way through the Scripture. And by the way, if you've never done that, if you've never read the Bible in a year, you need to do it. Make it through the Word. Make it through this book. This is our life. This is our food. Second suggestion, be careful what you put into your mind first thing in the morning and in your breaks during the day. I left my phone down there, which is a good thing. But that thing that you carry in your pocket contains an almost unlimited amount of information to fill your mind with. Some of it's evil, some of it's neutral. But just know, especially in the mornings and in your breaks, and by breaks I just mean anytime you check your phone, which you may do compulsively, anytime you leave the room, you're checking it. You know if, you know if that's you. It's me. Just know what you look at on your device is what you're going to think about when you put the device away. That's the problem. It's not wrong to read an article about your favorite sports team. I do it, but it comes at a cost because when I'm driving around later, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about my sports team. Five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. What's the problem with that? Nothing, necessarily. It's just I'm not being transformed into the image of Christ. And I could be. You see that? I heard someone recently say, there's no such thing as free time. It's true. It's true. Our, our time is either conforming us to this world or transforming us into the image of Christ. So as soon as you can, put this Bible into your brain in the morning. I mean, the phone's usually the first thing you grab when you wake up, isn't it? Just roll over. Get out of bed, check the phone, put this Bible in your brain, and try to add Bible to times when you would normally be on your phone. Just do this. I, I challenge you to do this. Think about one time during your day when you normally just veg out on your phone. Try to add just a little Bible to that time, and it will change your life. Memorize scripture and join a Bible study. This is a two-for-one. We do fighter verses. I didn't grab it. They're booklets right over there. You see those red booklets on the table? Our church walks through one to two verses every week that we're memorizing together. If you just grab one of those book booklets on your way out, you can join us in memorizing scripture. I don't know of any more valuable way for your mind to be transformed than by memorizing scripture. So join us. And if you want to do even bigger, let's say you're feeling really ambitious this year, talk to Luke after the service, and Luke will hook you up with a larger passage that you can memorize with him. Is that right? <laughs> join a Bible study. Read the Word with other people. We have a Monday night study at the Humphreys House, Tagalog study on Friday, Besai study on Saturdays. We have a class right before this service at 9 a.m. Just easy ways for you to read the Bible with other people and to get it in your heart. This is an essential piece of you being made like Jesus, so devote yourself to it in 2023. And we say this all the time, but this is what Jesus wanted for you when he went to the cross. It's what he wants for you. 
He didn't just say, oh, I want them to be forgiven and then to go off and do whatever they want. He said, I want these people to share my glory. That's what he was doing. That's what he wanted when he went to the cross. And the way that's going to happen for you is as the Spirit works in your heart while you think on the Word. So fill your mind each day with this truth. Meditate on it. Pray over it. And He will do what He went to the cross to purchase. He will let you see His glory this year, and He will make you more like Himself. Let's pray. Jesus, we do thank you that that's what you've purchased for us. You've purchased for us to share your glory. The amazing thing is it doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't just happen because we prayed a prayer and now we sit down and eat chips and become more like Jesus. It happens as we think on your word. Oh, I pray that you would create a hunger in us to want to share your glory as much as we can, to want to see your glory as much as we can. So would you discipline us, make us disciplined people who are committed to filling our minds and our hearts with your word. Your word will not return empty. We know it's true. So would you make us people of the book this year? We ask in your precious name, amen.